Y'all ready for the word? Y'all ready to be blessed? Y'all ready to be blessed? Y'all ready for the word that gives you life? You guys may have come in here um, feeling like you're missing something, feeling like uh, there's something just going on in your life that that you don't know what to do with. And I'm here to tell you that just by being here this morning, this appointed time, God has brought you here for a reason. And God's word will give you life. Amen? You just receive it. God's words will give you life. They're like medicine to your soul, to your body, to your bones. Amen? It's all around, all around protection when you're sitting under God's word. You receive that? Yeah, I'm not up here just, just trying to tell you that's, that's my thought. That's what the word says, that you will be blessed right where you are spiritually and physically. We just have to believe it. Y'all ready to receive it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always on time. It's always true. Thank you, Father. Your word gives us life. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the finished work. God, I pray that these people that you have brought that you have brought here for this appointed time, God, they would see Jesus everywhere. They would look to Jesus everywhere. Father, open up their understanding. Father, speak through me. Remove me. You speak through me. Your words, Father, of encouragement and love for the people. Bless us with your presence and understanding. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Arise and shine for your light has come this is what this is kind of where our church is right now we are at a place where we need to arise and shine shine some of you guys need to tell your faces god wants you to tell your face (laughs) amen tell your face that you are blessed too blessed to be stressed because sometimes man our resting face I like to call it my resting rich face, but sometimes I mess it up. (laughs) So I didn't thank God there. But uh, our resting face, man, our faith, the face that we have when we go around. Let me tell you something, man. When you go somewhere and and, and you're you're looking for prayer and the pastor's angry, you're like, bro, I can't come to you right now. You got some things to work out before I'm going to let you put your hands on me and pray for me, right? (laughs) You're like, you got, you want to go to somebody who has a light. Would you agree? who is shining, who is radiant. That's who I would want to go to. I go to a hospital, I'm looking for the doctor that's smiling. <laughs> right? You go to one like this. <laughs> is there another doctor? Right? And that's that one that comes in. Guess who just got reinstated? <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the word. So, uh, Isaiah 60. I love Isaiah 60. I was telling Kelly, this is kind of the, the Kelly is not here. She already heard it. Uh, this is kind of a theme verse for our family this year. And I want it to be, if it, you know, if God puts that on you, uh, receive it. Amen. Receive it. It's a good one. Arise, shine, shine for your light. Your light. Are we waiting on the light to come? No, the light's in you. This little light of mine. Right? Amen. Yeah, this little light of mine, I'm gonna, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't let Satan hit out, you remember that, right, that was my favorite part as a kid, <laughs> I was waiting on that one, don't, come on, come on, don't let Satan hit out, <laughs> but the real thing is, man, what's the bushel thing, don't put it under a bushel, no, <laughs> yeah, 
That's what a lot of people do. A lot of believers have put their light, which you already have, under a bushel. You know, the cares of this world jump on us and we're like, man, where is God? How, how, can I, how can I encourage people when I truly don't even believe myself? And you have the light in you. It has come. It's just covered up. Amen? And, and we're going to see how God tells us we can get out of that, how we can let it out. But I love this part because it says, arise. he's saying, arise, get up. You got to get up, get on up. And you got to shine. Shine, shine, for your light has come. We only got the first verse, the first sentence. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon who? It's you. You have the glory of the Lord on you. Some of you are like, where, where? Caleb, it's there. You just got to search it. It's hard to see because your beard, I can't see your expression. Like, for instance, right now, you're probably cussing me for calling you out. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't do that. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. You see, the darkness is going to cover the earth. People think that this is when Christ is going to come back. But I'm here to tell you, when Christ comes back, darkness can't cover the earth. It can't. Darkness can't be where he is. Amen? So this is talking about like right now, guys. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. The people. Right? Don't get confused talking about this is us. This is the people of the world. Deep darkness will cover the people of the world. You, you, you hear about plane crashes. You hear about diseases. You hear about wars. You hear politically. Good Lord, turn that stuff off, man. I'm telling you. Turn it off. Turn it off. Look to Jesus. All that stuff seems like it's deep darkness. You're like, this world is crazy. It is crazy. Don't get crazy with it. The more you focus on stuff, the whatever you concentrate, whatever you meditate on, man, get out of it if it's not giving you life. Man, I ain't talking about your marriage. Don't say, well, Pastor Troy told me. <laughs> I don't feel alive around you. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. Amen? Say amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, dang. All right. Um, but the Lord will arise over you, you see how he's got two separate people. He's talking about darkness is covering the people, but you have a light. And the Lord will rise over you. So in the midst of the darkness, you have the light. You have the light. And, and it says, uh, uh, and his glory will be seen upon you. People will see there's something about you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. This twofold meaning. Back then, the Gentiles were non-Jews, right? Today, that just means people that aren't believers. They will come to your light. How many times does that happen? When people that are non-believers, but when something bad happens, what do they do? They come to you. Would you agree? I've, it's happened to me, right? Uh, and kings, to the brightness of your rising, kings are, are like uh, celebrities, high-profile people that are even not just in Hollywood, but even here in our own city. People will come to you. That's also happened. Because there's something about you. Lift up your eyes all around and see. You have to lift up your eyes and see all around. They all gather together. They come to you. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. That means if your son has gone astray, he'll come back. That's what it says, church. We got to believe it. Don't let the darkness of the world cover your light. Your son will come back. Check this out. Uh, and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. And I just had a horrible visual when I saw that. I had to look up the word. 
to make sure. It means your grown daughters will come back and, and, and they will respect you by your side. They will honor you by your side. If you had a daughter that has left and, and gone astray, I'm here to tell you, they will come back. That's a promise. That's a promise. And then it says, then you shall see and become, say it church, radiant. Like you will glow. You will have a glow about you. A glow, a real one, a heavenly glow about you. Not like the one that happened when I walked into Santa Fe Community College one night and I'm standing in the doorway and this light just shined all around me and Kelly became in love with me at that moment. She's like, look at that. I'm like, yeah, girl. I'm talking about God's radiance, right? Amen? God's radiant light shines upon you. And you know what I'm talking about. You guys probably know people like that. Where you're like, man, that guy's got to be full of faith. Look at the light. Look at his face. It's glowing. It's glowing. Isn't that a beautiful? Wouldn't you like to be around people that are glowing? And, 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 and full of faith? I mean, those are the people that we run to. That's how Jesus was. Amen? Jesus was like that. So, because, oh, uh, then you shall see him become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. When your face is radiant, your heart is full of joy. Amen? Tell your faces. You need to tell them. We're going to see how to do that earlier. And your, and your heart shall be swell with joy. Swell. Swell with joy, man. Because the abundance. Because means for. Right? So the next thing that happens, the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. They're like, mm. It says it. I'm not saying it. The Bible says the wealth of the non-believers will come to you when you are radiant. That has happened. There's been people that have blessed me because I've helped them by them coming to me because I was radiant. Now, I ain't radiant all the time. I need to grow in this too, guys. But I'm saying, man, people, when they see it, they are thankful to have come in your presence. But we know whose presence it truly is. Amen. It's the light of the world. It's Jesus in us. And that blesses people, even non-believers. And I'm praying this for this year, man. When we are radiant, here's the key. When you understand that you are radiant, you tell your face you're radiant. It comes all over your body. Man, that's when your, your sons start coming back. Your daughters start coming back. The world starts to bless you because of the light in you. That's what it's saying. Amen? Now, there was a time when Moses... Uh, his face was glowing, right? He received the law twice. You guys know that? First time he broke them, all ten at once. Broke them. Went up again, got him again, came back down, and his face was glowing. Did I switch? Boom. So this is where we're going to pick it up. Exodus 34. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that his skin of his face shone, like it was shining, right? Uh, and uh, shone while he talked with them. So when Aaron, Aaron is his brother, Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come near him. So Moses came down with the law, and his face was glowing because he came in contact with God. And, and, and all the people were extremely afraid. They ran away from him. Even his own brother ran from him. 
You know why? That was the shine of the law, the glory of the law. And the law makes you afraid because the law points to your sin. So when Moses came down, it was all about the law. You shall not, you shall not, you shall not. And if you break one, you break them all. People were afraid. They ran. Look at the next verse. Then Moses called them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him. Listen, if they had to, if he had to call them and they returned, that means they left. They're like, bro, I can't be around you right now. Your face is smoking and it's scary, right? So they ran. That's what the law does. The law was designed to do that. The law, by the law, is the knowledge of sin. And the more you focus on sin, the more you feel like you can't be around God because you don't deserve to be there. It makes you very afraid, doesn't it? That's why people leave the church. They're like, why? I can't. I've tried. i tried my whole life. I'm sick of failing, so I'm just going to leave. That's what the law does. People do that because they're focusing on their failures instead of the fact that God has forgiven them. The good news. So the Old Testament, the, the law had a glory. It had a, it had a glow. Moses had a glow and people ran from him. Um, so I put the glory of the law. It's temporary, though. It's passing away. It's gone now. The, law, the glory of the law is temporary. Like, where do you get that from? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who, had, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. This is a new covenant church. Amen? New covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, when the letter was given, the Bible says 3,000 people died. Yep. The first Pentecost. First Pentecost, 3,000 people died. Moses said, hey, man, if you're with us, great. If you're not, kill them. The Bible specifically says 3,000 people died. On the day that Pentecost fully came, Acts chapter 2, God gave not the letter but the Spirit, and the Bible says 3,000 people were saved. That's why it says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen? Beautiful. Uh, but if the ministry of death, how would you guys like to go to a ministry of death? Honestly. Hey man, you a minister of death? Yes, I am. <laughs> Bye. I'm not going to hear you preach, right? And we do that sometimes. We, I grew up in churches where they were ministering death to you. When you sit under the law, when you sit there and you hear how bad you are, you hear where, where you should be ashamed of yourself. You hear where, where God is not happy with you anymore. And you hear all that law stuff. Man, you feel death. Don't you? That's a ministry of death. That's what the law is. The ministry of death. How do I know it's the law? What's it say? Written and engraved on stones. There was only one law written with the finger of God on stones. So when people say, hey man, this is not really the law, the, the Ten Commandments, this is all those ceremonial laws, written and engraved on stones. That other law was on scrolls. Amen? Paul calls it the ministry of death. That's what the law does. It ministers death. It helps you realize you're a, a sinner. 
by the law is the knowledge of sin. And it had glory. It was good. It, it, we needed it. We needed to, to, to hear that we needed help. We needed a Savior. We needed someone who could do it for us. If it wasn't for the law, we wouldn't know. Amen? So I'm, not, I'm, I'm for the law for the reason God gave the law. How's that? You good? If you're not, I didn't mean leave. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're not, talk to Caleb after church. He'll explain it. He looks like Moses. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. Uh, oh, so it's the ministry of death written and engraved on stones. It was glorious. It had glory, right? So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. So the, the glory of the law is temporary. It, it served a purpose, but it passed away just like it did with Moses. Moses' face started not to glow anymore. So he had to cover it. He had to cover it. And he covered it so the people would think it was still glowing. Right? So it passed away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? The law had glory, but the ministry of grace has more glory. More glory. Uh, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, that's the law again, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. The ministry of grace exceeds much more in glory. That's what righteousness is. What's righteousness? That means God's gift to you, Jesus, your righteousness, has more glory than anything the law could have gotten out of you. Amen? The more you keep trying, the more you're going to feel like you're dying. Come on now. Say amen. Somebody write that down. I'm, I'm thinking the words that rhyme with dying as I'm trying to kill time, but. I can't. All right. Uh, so I wrote this down. The ministry of condemnation demands righteousness out of sinful man. It does. It demands that you be right. It demands that you do everything right perfectly. You break one, you break them all. It demands righteousness. But the ministry of grace supplies righteousness. That's the new covenant. The old covenant, the Old Testament, that's literally what the Old Testament means. Old covenant, the old promise. You had to do everything right to get right, to be right. Or you could sacrifice a lamb, right? Well, we have the final sacrifice. The lamb of God came, Jesus, right? He came. We received him. Guess what? Now we received his righteousness. He supplied it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. It's given to you. Amen? That's good news. Good news. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. What does that verse tell you? The law, the glory of the law passed away. What's remaining? The ministry of grace, righteousness, justification still is still here. And it's on you, each and every one of you, right? Therefore, since we have such hope, we have great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. 
There is a lot of people sitting in churches today whose minds are blinded. How? For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. The word there literally is Old Covenant. Whenever somebody is preaching the law and they're preaching the law and throwing the law on top of you, your mind is blinded because you can't see. There's still a veil there. You can't see the, the new covenant, the gift of righteousness, because the law puts you under where you have to earn it and work for it. That's that's true. It's true today. All right. Because the veil is taken away. How? How's the veil taken away? In Christ. What about Christ? He died for you. That's why the veil was torn the moment he said it is finished. The veil torn from top to bottom so that everyone could know God did it. My man couldn't have done it. God tore that veil. You know why? Now we have direct access to our Father. Because Jesus did the work. You don't have to go through Moses to get to God. You can't go through the law to get to God. You can't. Stop trying. Nobody could do it. In fact, the more you learn that it was already taken care of for you, now you have a relationship with Jesus, and now you will want to do the right thing. Not because you have to, to be saved, but because you're doing it because you know how much you're loved. You know how much you're forgiven. Now it's a relationship and not a religion. Amen? All right. Uh, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, oh, but even to this day, when Moses is read, Moses is the first five books of the Bible, the law. Even today, when the law is read, what happens? A veil lies over your heart. You can't see Jesus because you're being put under the law. You guys see that? You see it? There's a veil. Um, now, uh, oh, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you see Jesus for what he did, the veil is gone. You know that you're qualified now by the blood of Jesus, not by what you do. That's beautiful. That's good. That's the good news, right? Now, the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, church. You are free. You are free. You're not captive anymore. You're not held by the law anymore. You're free. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I used to hear that preached to me. Like you got to look in the mirror and see Jesus. You got to see yourself as Jesus. You got to be more like Jesus. I, and I heard a pastor say this one day. I hope that when you look in the mirror, you see Jesus. You know what this verse is saying? This verse is telling you, based on everything we just read, keep it in context, everything we just read, when you look in the mirror, you should see Jesus. You know why? Because he is you. He represents you. He loves you. See yourself as Jesus. See yourself the way God sees you. God sees you just as he sees Jesus. Is Jesus righteous? Yes. And so are you. That's good news. When you wake up and you don't feel good, you don't feel like smiling, you don't feel like you see the radiance in the mirror, you need to start paying attention to Jesus. You need to start focusing on Jesus because that's how you change your face. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? All right. Jesus, right here. We're going to look at Jesus when he 
began to shine, right? Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. So now we have Moses shining, and now we have Jesus shining. What's the difference? When Moses came down the mountain, the people ran. They were like, man, I can't be around you. Because Moses came down the mountain and he says, uh, he's, he's, he's like, sin, 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 sinner, 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 failure, failure, failure. That's what the law was designed to do. And so people ran from that. But what happened when Jesus came down from the mountain? Well, if you go to verse 14, it says, when they arrived at the foot of the mountain, a huge crowd was waiting for them. And a man came and knelt before Jesus. You know what he said? He, he, he was looking for a miracle. Nobody ran from Jesus because Jesus' shine was much more glorious. Jesus came down. And instead of saying sinner, he was saying forgiven, 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 qualified, qualified, qualified. That is good news. That's the new message. That's the new covenant. That's the message of grace, of hope. Amen? Love that about Jesus. You know what's cool about this verse? Is he went up on the mountain and, uh, and he took Peter, James, and John. You guys probably haven't heard this in a while, man, but I don't ever want to miss an opportunity. Peter means rock, stone. James means to replace. John means the grace of God. So the reason Jesus took Peter, James, and John up there was he wanted people to know the the stone has been replaced by my grace because you got to think about jesus was up there moses was up there and elijah they represented the old covenant jesus is the new covenant god said this is my son hear him not them him hear the new covenant not the old covenant isn't that beautiful names have meanings amen my name means warrior What's so funny, Bobby? You want me to tell you what your name means? <laughs> so Jesus shine, man, it says you're forgiven. That's what it says. We got to know that. We don't run from Jesus. We run to Jesus. Just like the crowd did. Check this out. Psalm 42, 5. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? This is David. He's asking himself this, right? Why are you cast down over my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? You ever feel uh, uncomfortable, un not at ease, not at peace within yourself? Look at this. He, David always answers his own questions with the love of God, right? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help. Say help. The help of his countenance. Look, that's his face, his countenance. <laughs> that's his face. The help of his face. What turns your frown upside down? What does it? The help. Doesn't it say that? The help of his countenance. Now check this out. What's the word for help? It, it, it means a lot of things. It means a lot of things. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is a word you probably haven't heard before. And it's in Hebrew. So I'm going to teach it to you. It's Jehovah. It's Jesus. Jesus is literally what turns your frown upside down. Literally what, what helps your countenance. Look at this. See that word help? What does it say? That's what we think help. We think it's just help. 
Jesus literally is the one person that can turn that frown upside down. He's the one person that can remind you who you are. He's the one person that can make you radiant again so that the people can see you. The, the, the world sees too many defeated Christians. They see Christians that are depressed, Christians that are sickly, Christians that are acting like it's all over. Man, they need to see something different about us. And that's not a condemnation. That's I'm reminding you that that light is in you, church. We don't believe like them. We don't think like them. We speak by faith. We have something for them. Or do we? The answer is yes, we do. Let your light shine. Be radiant. Be that light for people to come to. Amen? Love it. What's Hollywood's portrayal of Christians? You ever see Christians portrayed by Hollywood in the movies? Weak. Scary. They don't like you to dance. <laughs> Footloose. That was my first experience with that. I'm like, man, that pastor's crazy. We can't dance. Right? They always make you. You watch shows like The Simpsons and and and, and these these new age cartoons and stuff. They always portray Christians as weak, as crazy, without hope. They're always walking around with their head down, like the world is ending. Do you think that's how Jesus walked around on this earth? But that's how it's portrayed. And our children are learning about that from watching those things and seeing those things. And then they see some of us in the church do those things. Now, listen, we got to, that's not the, just because it's out there does not mean it's true. Amen? We got to show our light. Look at this verse, John 15, 11, verse 11. Now, Jesus is on his way to his death. This is what he says. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. Now, if you're a disciple, Jesus is going to die. Do you think if he walked, and you say, man, I'm writing these things so that my joy will be in you. You're like, Jesus, I got my own problems. I don't need none of that joy. You think Jesus walked around like that? Peter would have been like, look, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going fishing, right? Jesus wouldn't have said that. His face must have been shining for him to say this. He's on his way to die. And he's saying, man, I'm, 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 uh, these things I'm talking to you about are that my joy will be in you. You're like, wait a minute. He's about to die. He's telling us he's going to die and he's joyful. What is going on? And you can't help but be around somebody like that. You go into a, a, a Shans uh, on the fourth floor and you start to see kids in there. And you go in there and you see little Tiana speaking life over people. Full of joy. She had no, her hair was falling out, was on her bed. But she was doing communion every day. And she would walk around and she would bless people with her radiance. Her radiance, understand, it wasn't about her looks. Trust me, looks don't do it. I know. But there was something about her radiance that drew people to her room, even her mom. They didn't have, her mom was not completely faith, full of faith all the time, man. It's hard when it's your baby. But man, there were times when everybody on that floor came to their room because they had a radiance about them. Amen? So I'm here to tell you, when Hollywood portrays people as being crazy if you're a believer, it's not true. It's not true. 
There are people like Tiana that give a beautiful testimony. The faith of a child. She walked out of that hospital. Amen. She walked out of that hospital. Her faith was unbelievable. Her radiance just gave life to that place. That's how Jesus was. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's the commandment. Love one another just as Jesus loved you. How can you love people if you don't know how much Jesus loves you? We got to know he loves us. I just looked at the clock. I just time checked myself. We got another 40 minutes. All right. It's a joke. Uh, that you love one another right, as I love you. Greater love has no one than this, that, that than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. What did he just command? People say that's the Ten Commandments. Well, he just said love people like I love you. Do that. Do that. Love people like I love you. I'm going to die. But I want you to know my joy is going to be in you. Amen? So even if you're facing death, I want you to know you can be joyful. You can be joyful. You know why? Because even if, even if you lose your life here, it's a, guys, your last breath here, your last breath here is your first breath with Jesus. Isn't that something to look forward to? That is beautiful, man. That's the hope we have in Christ. Amen? Woo! So, so if people condemn you, they come at you like Hollywood does with Christians. Look at this verse. If you are reproached uh, for the name of Christ, blessed are you. When people make fun, you are blessed. People get in your mug, you blessed. Amen? People get so mad, they start spitting at you. You blessed. Look, for the spirit of the glory and of God. The spirit of the glory of God, right? rest upon you on their part he is blasphemed but on your part he's glorified a kind word turns away wrath people come at you say something nice if they're spitting mad at you say man you got some good breath <laughs> what kind of toothpaste you use bro say something nice man a kind word turns away wrath <laughs> It's hard, though, isn't it? Because, you know, people come at you. I'm a big man. People come at me. My, my ego get up. Boy, I'm like, hey. <laughs> Was it really that funny? Oh. Is it really that funny? Can we get back to Scripture? Y'all done laughing? See, this is what I'm talking about. Y'all reproaching me. <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> All right, Acts 6. This actually happened. Check this out. The, 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 then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests, the priests, not, not, not non-believers, the priests, uh, were, were obedient to the faith. They came to know Jesus. Priests. Now, priests were all about the law. But this message was going forward. Even a great number of priests came to know Jesus. 
Uh, and Stephen, how many of you guys have heard of him? Watch this. And Stephen, full of faith and power. The word there, guys, is grace. He was full of grace and power, full of God's favor and God's power. Stephen, isn't that awesome? Full of grace, full of power. He did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some uh, from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, uh, Syrians, Alexandrians, and those from Sicily, that pizza restaurant, and Asia. They were disputing with Stephen. They were actually lying about Stephen, saying things about Stephen that weren't true. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. <laughs> then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against who? Moses. You know what that is? The law. The law. I've been in this spot. I've been accused of, of speaking blasphemous against God's law. I have. So I'm in good company. Look at this. Uh, when they secretly do the most of God, and they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him into the council. That's happened to me before. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the... This one, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up, church. It's right here. They accuse Stephen of doing what we're doing. We believe that God has set us free from the law. We do. We believe it. We believe that we are righteous based on what Jesus did, not what we do according to the law. Right? Uh, for, oh, uh, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. That's the law. Stephen was saying, hey, you don't need it anymore to be righteous. You don't need the, the law anymore to be accepted. Jesus of Nazareth gave it to you. He finished it. He completed the work of the law on the cross. That's what Stephen was saying. And these religious people were like, you are a blasphemer. You are a heretic. I've been called that. Anybody? Why not? That's, the word is so good that I'm looking for people to come on me and, and accuse me and condemn me. Because you know why? It says I'm going to be blessed. People keep coming at me. I'm like, hey, man, thanks for blessing me today. Amen? All right. Uh, and all who sat in the council, they were, they were looking. Look, they were looking steadfastly at Stephen. They, they couldn't stop staring at Stephen. Why? They saw his face as the face of an angel. His face was glowing. And they couldn't stop looking at them. They're accusing them. They're lying about them. They're calling them names. And, and they're getting people to lie about them. He's just sitting there. What's he doing? Shining. Shining. So look, the best defense is a shining face. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you hear that? <laughs> it's the truth. Some of y'all need to tell your faces. It's the best defense is a shining face. We're almost done. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 1. Who is like Bobby? <laughs> who is like a wise man? And who 
knows the interpretation of a thing. That's talking about God's word. He's talking about God's word literally right there. Who knows the interpretation of God's word? A man's wisdom, what? Makes his face shine. And the sternness of his face is changed. You know how it says, you know how a man's wisdom? A man's wisdom is when you're in the word. Get to the word. See the word. And when you see the word, you see all the wonderful things that Jesus has done for you. It changes your face. That's what the Bible says. It changes your face. It literally does. You can be thinking that you're not worthy. You can be thinking that, that, that you failed somewhere. And the more you stay right there, the more you condemn yourself. And you feel guilty, shameful, dirty even. But the moment, the moment you look in that mirror and you see Jesus, you see him, you see perfection, that's who you are, now it changes your face. Changes your face. Don't get on the scale first thing in the morning. Get in the mirror. Get in the mirror. Say, thank you, Jesus. You're my righteousness. You're my holiness. You're my wisdom. You're my sanctification. You just, you're my, hey, whatever you want to say. Jesus is everything you need. Jesus is. Amen. Change that face. Yeah, look, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people will hurt people. When they come at you, it's because they've been hurt. We got to change it. We got to change that. Say something nice. Tell them their breath smells good. Tell them they got a nice haircut. Whatever it is. We got to make that change. We have to do it. We can't get on this same cycle as the world. We cannot get on the same cycle as the world. Because hurt people hurt people. There's a lot of hurt people in the church. There's a lot of hurt pastors preaching. And what do they do? They hurt people because they're hurting. I want you to see somebody that's free. I've got a lot of pain in my past. A lot of pain in my past. But man, I'm more alive today because I have more focused on Jesus than I ever was. Even when I was in church. Even when I was a deacon. I just, I love the Lord. Because I know he loves me. Right where I am. I'm like, if you can love this, you got to be good. You got to be good. Because I know what I've done. God's like, I know what you've done. I'm like, you do? Even that time? Yep, yep, yep. He won't even let you get it out. It's like the prodigal son came home, man. He was ready to get it all out. And the father didn't even let him get it out. He hugged him. He's like, welcome home. That's how God wants us to see him. Amen? That's beautiful. You got to make that change, man. You got to look at, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Ooh. Y'all know that one? Make that change. Today, today. B. Dang. Is that a sign? All right. So look at this. Psalm 34, 5. They looked to him and were. You want your shine back? You need to look to Jesus. You want to get glowing again? Look to Jesus. Don't go to the internet. You know, the, the, the Bible says that in Genesis, man, they chose the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil over the tree of life. You know what the tree of knowledge of good and evil is today? It's the internet. 
<laughs> you, you can find good, you can find bad. You, you get a symptom, you get a, a lump somewhere, what do we do? We go look up the symptoms, don't we? We go look up the symptoms. We go, to, man, do I have this? <laughs> go to the scripture. Look at everywhere Jesus healed somebody because it's for you too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it is like the knowledge of good. Um, so look to him and get radiant. Your radiance will come when you look to Jesus. And, and, and your face will not be ashamed. When you look to yourself, you look in the mirror, you see glory. You look in the mirror of Jesus, you see glory. Beautiful. So listen to messages that point you to Jesus. Don't go somewhere where it points to your sin. Don't go somewhere where it points to your failure. Don't go somewhere where it points to other people in the world and say, what about them? You go to the scripture and you see what Jesus has to say about it. Amen. That beautiful. What message does Jesus want you to carry? This one's not on your bulletin. We're going to finish right here. This is Jesus after he rose. He talked to the people, the two disciples that were on the way to uh, um, Emmaus. And, 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 and then they went back and told the disciples, hey, we saw Jesus, right? And then Jesus came in there. He showed them his hands. He showed them his feet. Then he asked for something to eat, right? And so they gave him a, a honeycomb and a piece of fish. And this is what he says. This, this is what he says to his disciples. Then he said to them, see? These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He's saying everything in the old covenant was about me. Everything, right? Uh, and he, and this is, I never saw this until this week. This is unbelievable. And Jesus, Jesus opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. It was like they couldn't comprehend it before. But now Jesus opened up their understanding. He did that for me. He opened up my understanding, but it was what message was it that opened up my mind to see the true meaning of Jesus in the old covenant? What was it that did that? Check this out. All right. And he opened up their understanding that they might comprehend, understand the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached, heralded in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Now, some people say, see, you got to come down here and repent and, and be and, and have the for the remission of your sins. But what it truly says, the word repentance is, has nothing to do with sin. It's changing your mind. It's metanoia. You, this is what needs to be preached everywhere. People need to change their mind about the remission of sins. The remission of sins, what's changed? You had to keep the law. You had to keep it perfectly. If not, you needed a, a, a sacrifice to be accepted. But now, Jesus has completed the law. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Now we have our final sacrifice, our final lamb. And, and if you can understand that he was your remission of sins... That's what he wants preached. Change your mind about being forgiven. Change your mind about how you're forgiven. You're not forgiven based on your confession of sin. You're forgiven based on your confession of Jesus. 
And I love how it says at Jerusalem, the very people that put Jesus on the cross, the very people that his own people that put Jesus on the cross would become the first beneficiaries of that grace. You know why? Because he loves people. He loves you. And if God is for you, church, doesn't matter who's against you. Doesn't matter if it's a person. Doesn't matter if it's a disease. Right, Miss Sarah? Doesn't matter. If he's for you, it does not matter. Isn't God good? Would you stand and give him a hand, please, for us this morning? For how thankful you are. For who he is. What he's done. His promises, guys, are forever. Forever. They're not temporary. They're forever. All we have to do, all we can do is receive them. And the only response we can have is thank you. That's it. None of us deserve them. None of us can earn them. All we can do is say thank you. That is the greatest show of faith you can give to the Lord is to say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for who he is. Thank you for what he did. Thank you he's alive today. And he's for me. Amen. So I'm going to ask that uh, Pastor Dwayne come up here. I, um, if you guys would just bow your head with me. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you're not saved, you don't know who Jesus is. <laughs> that would, It could happen. I don't know. After the last 15 minutes of message that I gave you, you should know who Jesus is. You should know how much you're loved. But I'm going to pray a prayer. You just repeat after me. Everybody can do it. If you, uh, if you don't know who Jesus is, the Bible tells us very clearly how to receive him. And it has nothing to do with your sin, but everything to do with your Savior. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for your great love for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Savior. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And I am justified. I am redeemed. I am made whole. I am complete in Christ. He is my righteousness. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved right where you are. Right where you are, you're saved. And I want you to know, nothing can take that away. Your sin can't take it away. No other pastor can take it away. Your spouse can't take it away. Your parents can't take it away. Your kids can't take it away. It, you are who God says you are. That's who you are. You are who God says you are. You're not who the world says you are. You're who God says you are. And you got to know that you are redeemed, righteous, forgiven forever, complete, all those beautiful things. That's what the Lord has done for you. If you are uh, visiting our church, we would ask that you guys, um, Pace, do you mind going back there and having, this is Pace, everybody. He, if, if you are visiting our church, we ask that you fill out a form just so we can have a record of your visit. Pace will be holding that form back there. Um, I'm trying to do better with that because <laughs> a lot of people come and we have no record of it. But uh, please fill out one of those sheets. It, it won't take long at all. Um, also, if you need prayer 
If you would like for Pastor Dwayne and I to pray over you at the end of the service, we're going to be working on that too, where we uh, we have a time of at the end of our service to do that. But today, if you need prayer, please come and see us at the church. Man, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to anoint you. We'd love to speak life into you. Um, but the way we're going to close it out today is Pastor Dwayne's going to pray a prayer of blessing upon you, that when you walk out of here, uh, you will have that, be reminded of the blessing that you have and the blessing that you are to other people. The way we receive it is by saying, amen. So if he says something that resonates with you, you want to receive that, you just say amen. May it be so to me, is what you're saying. You don't have to wait till the end to say it. If he's praying in the middle and you feel the spirit, receive it, say amen. Amen. Uh, so Pastor D, oh, uh, you, if you don't get, if you're a middle schooler or high schooler or uh, college student, Ivy, um, meet down here <laughs> at the uh, at this part of the church after the service, please. Thank you so much. It won't take long. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to come and to, to be together in your presence, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word that came forth and blessed our lives, Lord. We thank you for giving us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thank you, Father, for making us the church, the bride of Christ. Jesus, we thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for just uh, being the light of the world. We thank you for the light uh, of Christ that is in us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we get to uh, be ambassadors of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you've equipped us, you've prepared us, and you've given us opportunities to, to be a light to this world. And so we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for call, calling us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, Father. And we thank you for the purpose and the plan that you have for us and every divine appointment, Father, that you give us, Father, every opportunity, Lord. We thank you for preparing our hearts, preparing our feet, preparing our mouths, preparing our minds, Lord, preparing our hands, Father, to be an extension of you, Father, to bring comfort and to bring peace, Father, to those that we encounter, Father. We just thank you so much for who you are in our lives, God, and we thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place, Lord, we go knowing that we are blessed to be a blessing, Father, and we walk in the promises of God. And we just thank you, Father, for the abundance of grace and mercy, God, that you poured out over us. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to also share that with those that we come in contact with, Father, those who don't know you, those who don't have a relationship with you, Father. Let us be the church, Father, that shines in this world, Father, that would attract uh, people to you, Father. And we just bless you and we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. We are dismissed.